This is Faith in Action, the program that looks at how ordinary people are putting their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is produced by Catholic Radio Indy. It covers a wide variety of guests and topics. If you have any comments or suggestions for the program, please contact Bridget. That's B-R-I-G-I-D, Bridget, at catholicradioindy.org or call us at 317-870-8400. And now, here's today's edition of Faith in Action. This is Faith in Action on Catholic Radio. I'm Jim Ganley. Our co-host is Bridget Ayer. Hello, Jim. Hello. I cannot talk. (laughs) Hello, everyone. (laughs) Great to be uh, with you. And why don't we uh, start our program with with a prayer. If you join me in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and for the precious gifts of life and health. Thank you for my family and my friends and my faith in you and the fact that we live in the United States of America. Please bless and protect each member of our family, protect them from all harm and serious illness, from bullying, addiction, abuse, and violence of all kinds. And through the cross and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, please one day welcome each of us into your holy kingdom. Amen. Amen. And Father, Son, Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. amen. Well, uh, Jim, I think I might need to get some more coffee because my mouth is not (laughs) not working right now, but hopefully uh, that prayer will help my mouth work today. Um, I did want to mention to our audience, uh, if you happen to have a smartphone and you uh, have not yet downloaded our Catholic Radio Indie app, please do that. Uh, You can get a lot of good stuff there, connect to our website and uh, listen live and all sorts of other goodies there. So uh, just go to your uh, Play Store, your iTunes, tunes or whatever and and download the catholic radio indie app it's got like our logo so you'll be able to recognize it uh by doing that and uh we are going to be actually talking about digital media and really how we can protect young people from some of the aspects uh that might be harmful joining us today is founder of project of founder of protect young eyes chris mckenna so welcome chris yeah thank you bridget hi jim Jim happened to see this article featuring Chris um, and a recent talk that you gave at the National Education um, Organization. And um, so he really piqued his interest. Uh, talk a little bit about your uh, organization's mission. Yeah, so that was at the National Catholic Educators Association. It was their first in-person gathering down in New Orleans in April for a couple of years, right? Conferences are starting to come back. It's wonderful to be back in person. Um, and that's what we had the opportunity to do to keynote down there. And, you know, Protect Young Eyes, we help families, schools, and churches and parishes in that category to obviously create safer digital spaces for our young people. And so the point of my talk in front of two to 3,000 educators and Catholic school leaders was to help their empathy. What do I mean by that, right? We want to help parents in particular understand what their young people are experiencing today. Because like no other time in history, this gap between what kids and their parents um, experienced in their respective childhoods is so radically different because Mm -hmm. culture changes faster than ever. And of course, the technologies we experience today are moving so quickly. And so we want to try to bridge that gap with understanding and as a result then parents and also educators, which is, you know, what I spoke to them about down in New Orleans, can also approach their young people with a different posture, a different attitude. And so we do that through a lot of education, a lot of in-person talks. I started this because I was in 
student ministry and worked with uh, junior high kids. And out of that, back from 2009 to 2016, just saw that nobody was having these kinds of conversations. And kids then started carrying the Internet with them, right, during that time frame. And so it was this massive transformation that I was starting to observe in how young people were interacting with each other, interacting with their technology, and parents just underestimating the power that these technologies were having in the lives of their sons and daughters. And so we want to try to amplify their digital IQ so they can have just better and more productive <laughs> conversations, right? Amplify that understanding so then they can amplify the relationship because you can't find enough parental controls to do the things we want to do. Yes, the controls are necessary and we need some hardware and software, but if we don't win at the relationship and connecting with the heart of our kids, Right, because these technologies know how to get to the brains and the hearts of our kids. We want to help our parents do the same thing, even in these spots that they don't often understand. So a lot of in-person talks, hundreds of them now all over the country. We built an app during COVID when it robbed us of doing these talks so that we could scale our work. We have in-class curriculum that certain uh, schools, um, Catholic schools, are using then to weave our digital wellness teaching into lessons that are happening in the classroom. So just a whole suite of resources that we want to just come alongside school leaders and then, of course, their families to help them use technology in a good, God-honoring way. Sure. Well, things have changed so much in the last generation or generation and a half, if there is such a thing, that uh, it it used to be that, oh, for a 10, 12-year-old or someplace around there, maybe their only exposure to uh, pornography might be an occasional magazine they would see somewhere or, uh, you know, something like that. And nowadays, with a cell phone, a smartphone in your pocket, and a, a tablet that you play on, and a computer that you do schoolwork on, it's everywhere you are. That's right. And, you know, Jim, there's really nothing new under the sun, right? Ecclesiastes tells us this. Solomon figured that out, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Now what we have with technology is an amplification of things and a multiplication of things, right? Pornography has been around for thousands of years in certain forms, right? That what we see that um, sort of entices us in that way. But technology makes it so much more accessible, right? You alluded to the, you know, I joke about the, the kid down the road who had the magazine right under the mattress, and here was this periodic two-dimensional glance at something that didn't have this ever-present sort of existence in my life. And the other thing, Jim and Bridget, that's really, I think, important for parents to understand is there used to be really bright lines between the places in the world that were good for me Mm -hmm. and the places in the world that weren't. And you knew where those were. They almost had like a, there was a physicality to them. You knew physically where you could be harmed, or you knew physically what friends were bad for you. And there were very distinct places that could do you harm or were good for your life. And those distinctions, those bright lines, those gaps between that which is helpful versus that which is hurtful no longer exists in the digital world. Because those two realities are mixed in the same place, in the same technologies, in the same Chromebook that we give them for school, in the same social media that they use with their friends. I can use it for this good, amazing purpose, and yet it can radically change the trajectory of my life. That is a complicated place for childhood. 
and it's a difficult place to grow up in. Now, in the article that uh, I, I read, you mentioned that there's ways that um, providers on the Internet monitor the viewer. I mean, we, we think of it as we are on the Internet and we are looking at a number of different things, maybe ho- hopefully all good things, but there are ways that the providers of those programs or services or information are kind of looking back at us. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Um, maybe you've seen the documentary, The Social Dilemma, which was quite popular on Netflix. You can still watch it. You, know, you can um, find it in a number of different places. But one of the different experts or you know, tech entrepreneurs that they had on there, if it's free, then you are the product. Mm-hmm. Right? Think about that, oh, right? Oh. There, there's, nothing, there's no free lunch. So if the product that you're using is free, then you are what is being monetized. The way in which you click, the things that you go to, the places that you visit, your data, your behavior online is being sold a thousand times a day. And that's our young people aren't immune to that. Their data and information and clicks and the things that they're doing is also being you know, um, monitored closely for marketing and for other targeting purposes. So yeah, no question that that's happening. Now who buys the data you're talking about marketing the data and apparently there's buyers for the data who buys it and what do they do with it well this is where you know often it's not a lot of fun but when you dig into the privacy policies oftentimes i would refer to them to the um anti-privacy policies when you read them for the different apps and the digital places that we go to but they make it very clear what they're doing with it um that they're harvesting and using or they are using this piece or that piece it's all there. It's just that nobody wants to read it, right? Who has time to read these policies? But there are brokers for that information that then, even if it's anonymized, they can say, you know, people in this part of the world, be it in Michigan or Indiana or whatever it is, that are ages 35 to 50 tend to click in this way. And then there's certain targeted marketing that can be shipped to that part of the world for people that have a certain IP address that show up in that part of the world, right? There's, there's infinite ways that they find their way to put content in front of us that through intelligence that is likely beyond the three of us, unless one of you has a PhD in uh, data science that I don't, there's really smart ways for them to find out what we might prefer so that we might click on that thing. We're talking with Chris McKenna. He is the founder of Protect Young Eyes. And I want to I want to ask you what I really I'm really honing in on that that thing that you mentioned about the distinction and the lines being so blurred with places that you would go because really everything young people do it's all much of it is on digital media and if I do it if if I use this platform for school or if I use this platform for fun with my friends how could it be bad? And they're not old enough to make those distinctions as they used to be so clear. Do not go to this place. Do not go to that place. You know what I'm saying? Just as you were articulating that, I've never heard anyone put it quite that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's often a, an aha moment for parents when we speak to them, when we speak to you know tens of thousands of them every year where they go, wow, you're right. Um, I, I joke a little bit in ways like this. You know, I'm a 
I'm a Gen Xer. I'm in my 40s here. When I would go to spend the night, when spending the night was a lot more popular of a thing, my mom really just asked one question. Did you have Showtime, Cinemax, or HBO? And then MTV got added to it because that was the way that my, you know, uh, I was going to be corrupted as a young person, right, was through you know, Showtime, Cinemax, HBO, or MTV. And she was right to ask those questions because there was, you know, things that you could look at. But you even think about those places. You know, you would have to stay up and time it because the one bad show on those was only shown at some time, and then it was like a 30-second a clip. I mean, the amount of intentionality and planning and strategy that had to go into even being naughty in those places, mm-hmm. you had to be pretty motivated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I <laughs> joked, you know, it was possible for me to ruin my life, but I had to have a plan. Like, I had to try. I had to try to find friends who had certain things that I didn't. And all of that access has been put in kids' pockets today, right? It's not as difficult as it used to be. And what I don't want parents who might listen to this or grandparents or any caring adult who has young people that you, you know, um, in, you know, around you from time to time, I don't want this sort of conversation to stoke fear in us, right? We, we don't flourish as parents when we have a spirit of fear because that leads to control and if you try to control kids with their technology, all we do is compel them into becoming a bunch of little digital ninjas because they know more than we do. Think about any situation where you try to control somebody who knows more about the thing than you do. They're like, uh uh-huh. <laughs> challenge accepted, right? Mm-hmm. And young people love to try to get around, and they're very good at it. And I almost call that out with kids sometimes. I look at them and my own kids and go, you know what, guys? I can put these filters in place. I can put these toggles in place. But at the end of the day, chances are you're going to find two or three other places that you're going to be able to skirt around and get around the stuff that I'm trying to do. But I want you to understand the heart behind why I have this software or I have these filters or I have these toggles in place. It's because I love you so deeply. It's not because I'm trying to stop you from going to places. It's so that I can show you safely where you can go to places. And like anything in life where there's a fence, or a barrier, or something saying don't go there. It's trying to show you where you can enjoy life, where you can have fun, where you can thrive. And so when you find that open doorway, when you find that crease in the fence, when you find that spot that's saying come over here, you'll never be in trouble for telling me that you found it. Because those exist. Absolutely. And so I want to connect at that relational level to invite them into a relational connection on this stuff because technically there's always going to be a way and you'll never win with just technical solutions. That's a great point. We need to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Chris McKenna, uh, founder of Protect Young Eyes and how parents can be in the loop and equipped to spread the love of Jesus to their children in a digital age. So stay tuned for more. You're listening to Catholic Radio Indy, converting the culture to Christ through radio, featuring 100% Catholic programming 24-7. Do your friends a favor. Tell them about Catholic Radio Indy. For a long time, we've been telling you that if you have an Echo Dot or other smart speaker device, you can hear Catholic Radio Indy simply by saying, Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Just the other day, I did that, and Alexa was feeling a bit argumentative. I'll let you hear my conversation with her. Uh, Alexa, where are you? Here I am. 
What do you want? Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Now, just why would you want me to do that? Well, because we've got great programming 24 hours a day. Well, a lot of other radio stations have good programs, too. Yeah, but our programming talks about God and eternal salvation. I am very smart. I know almost everything about everything, but I do not know about God and salvation. Well, that's why people need Catholic Radio Indy. So, Alexa, do me a favor. Whenever anyone says, Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy, just send them our way, would you? Yes, I will be happy to do that. In the meantime, I am going to do some research about that thing you called salvation. I wonder where I can find out more about that. You can hear the Holy Mass every day at 8 a.m. right here on Catholic Radio Indy. Welcome back to Faith in Action. I'm Bridget Ayer. Jim Ganley and I are in the studio, and we're uh, talking with Chris McKenna about digital media and ways to protect young people. Um, so w- at the break there, uh, we were just chatting a little bit um, off air about resources and uh, filters. Where where should parents start, uh, Chris, in this endeavor to keep their young people safe? Yeah, it's hard because if you go to the app store and you type in parental controls, you get hundreds. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's difficult. And if any you know, parents, I'm, I'm sure a few that are going to be listening to this will be nodding their heads going, yes, it's so painful. You're right, it is. Um, and I, I, right off the bat, I'll just say, you know, getting back to the relational part that I was alluding to right before the break, I, I loathe that description, parental controls. Mm-hmm. Like right away that starts us off on the wrong foot. Mm-hmm. Right? This isn't a me versus you transaction. I'm not trying to find something to make your life horrible. I mean, think back to the 13 or 14-year-old version of you, you know, Jim or Bridget, and imagine your parents coming up to you and saying, you know what, I've got this awesome idea for your life. You know what it's called? It's called more parental control. Oh, good. (laughs) No teenager ever cheered and invited that into their life because we're rebellious by nature at that point. We're trying at that time, you know, we're trying to find our independence. But yes, there are, and we've done a lot of research. And so, when a, and parents ask us this question all the time. I get DMs through social media constantly asking this question, Chris. What's the best solution? What's the best solution? And I reflect back just a couple of questions. Number one, what's the age of your kids? Number two, have they had any digital issues? Number three, what are the apps they use? And number four, what are the devices that they use? And if they answer those four questions, we usually can come up with a solution that works for them. In our experience, there's every single home, no matter what answers to those questions you give me, the base start for every single home is to have a router in place that has parental controls. The router in a house is the most undervalued yet most important digital device in every single home. When you think about how many things are connected to the Wi-Fi, now I know there's data plans, it's a separate conversation, but the things connected to Wi-Fi, like Chromebooks, like gaming devices, like smart TVs, they, I mean, even your thermostat, our washing machine right now connects to the Wi-Fi. I can control the washing machine with an app. How crazy is that? Our lawn sprinkling and our, you know, is it connected to everything is connected to Wi-Fi. Start there. And we recommend Griffin. They can read more about that, you know, specific router on our website. Uh, it's what I use for my own kids. I got four kiddos, ages 10, 12, 12, and 17. Um, we use the Griffin router because it gives me that kind of control over my home network. You have to start there. And then it gets more complicated from there, depending on the answers to those questions, because if they're using social media, that dictates a certain response. If they're a child who has stumbled upon pornography and then maybe has shown some issues 
then maybe there's a different, stronger response in terms of the parental controls that we put in place. So that's where the answers to those questions get really important. But start with the router, and then from there, there's a suite of things, whether it's covenant eyes, bark, family link, or screen time. We find that the combination of a good router plus one of those or two of those solutions often works for almost every family because we've done all the testing. We've been through all the controls that are out there. Some are good. Some are horrible. They've marketed themselves well, but they're horrible. And so usually families who come to us asking that question can find a solution among those five items, the router, those four different pieces of software that I just mentioned. How long does it take to kind of figure out? Um, so let's just say someone listening wanted to get help with what you just explained. Yeah. What do they do? Where do they, how do they start? Well, grab your favorite drink. Hope you had a good nap and buckle up. Let's go. Right? It's not easy. I'm just going to put it right out there. It is, you know, and what I say by that, make sure you're rested so that your frustration tolerance is, you know, not set too low there because you're going to get frustrated along the way and you're likely going to have some questions. It takes some time. Now, we've written up and we've also then put all of these write ups in the Protect app, which we built during COVID, of how to set these things up, right? How to look at the Xbox and to get it set up correctly because, yes, it's connected to the Internet, how to take the Chromebook and get it from a state of wide open to a state where it's controlled, how to, you know, select a router, all of those things we've put in guides, step-by-step guides, in order to make this as least frustrating, you know, minimally frustrating as possible here. But it still does take some time. These are complex technologies and uh, some parents can figure it out in a half an hour. Some need a half a day. And I've had them tell me, all, you know, all the different difficulties they've had. And, you know, usually we walk through it. But if you look at all of that and you try to do it all at once, you're going to be frustrated. Just mm-hmm. pick one thing and say, this week, I'm going to get the router right. Mm-hmm. And then pick the next thing. Because if you tackle it all at once, it's going to be a challenge. And, and if you have a problem with it, you can always ask your kids how to do it. Jim, joking, not joking. I totally agree. Parents will say because one of the things we promote on the relationship side is we put together something called the Digital Trust Framework. It's this framework of five different practices that most families who have young people who learn how to use technology well figure things out. And so asking a kid to jump in and help is a great connection. Absolutely. Well, it's funny. I at uh, one point um, asked all my kids. I have I have three teens right now to write down um, everything that they're watching or all the things that they're on and all that kind of stuff in terms of their social media. And um, I think they each had about a hundred different things, you know. So I started watching all those and <laughs> say, okay, well that's good, that's bad, that's but you know, I mean that's it. It takes time, and I'm I I mean like you said. You just got to invest in your kids and you got to invest the time. It's just like, you know. And you have to have that trust because what wasn't on the list. Yeah. (laughs) What what might not have been on the list. Well, it's funny, you know, you got to have that open communication for sure. Um, We have about four minutes left and I want you to kind of walk us through a little bit of the app. I looked at the app. It looks like there's a free version and then there's a, a subscription version on that. What's available there? Yeah, it's what we call five minutes a day to unlock your digital parenting or digital grandparenting superpowers. We know everybody's busy, especially here in the summer. It's 500 little mini bite-sized lessons that you can swipe through little bits at a time. It's bilingual. You can check a box next to the NABRE. Now you're reading things through the lens of scripture. 
it's really important to me that families are able to try to apply principles, whether it's related to addiction or cyberbullying or pornography, through the lens of Scripture, right? God is no stranger to social media. He, you know, gives us great guidance through His Word on how to handle these things, and so that's woven right in there also. So it's free to download. It's from the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can find it. Just search for Protect Young Eyes. And then there's also videos in there, Bridget. If you don't know how to have a conversation about predators with your second grader, then just hit play on the video with Allie, uh, eighth grader, and she'll start the conversation for you. Then there's some discussion questions afterwards. And so we just want to, little snippets, want to make it as easy as possible, and parents can find that and download it anytime. So how long has your ministry uh, been been around here, your, your organization? We just passed our, I think it's seven years. We launched a website in May of 2015 and really just wanted to educate. So I just started putting a bunch of blogs and information out there, and that just led to schools being attracted and going, hey, come talk to our kids, come talk to our parents. And pre-COVID, we were doing 350 talks a year, wow. and I'm guessing that come this fall, um, we will be well over 400 presentations across the country. I mean, we'll be from Hawaii to Massachusetts to California to Alaska. I'm heading up to Lumen Christie High School in Anchorage <laughs> to speak up there in October. So the phone is ringing off the hook now that things are open back up. We're really excited now, to now engage how, parents and students how would, again. How would people get in touch with you if they wanted to uh, maybe work out a yeah. date that would work for a visit? How yeah, it? the website makes it super easy. Up at the top, it just says speaking, and if you click on that, there's a drop-down. It explains what we do. There's a form, and those go right to Michelle, my amazing assistant, and there's just a you know process of trying to figure out what people need, and then we figure it out from there. And the website is protectyoungeyes.com. Just a quick question. I just got about a couple minutes left. What's it been like for you, Chris, to... Um, do this, you know, how's it impacted you seeing other people being impacted and helping parents? Yeah, really, this was not my idea. I mean, Bridget, I'm a CPA. <laughs> like that, my degree is in accounting, and the Lord called me into full time ministry. And from there, you know, I just happened to be in ministry with junior high, my favorite age group. I know that makes me too. weird that I love 11 through 14 year olds. Um, but Watching them acquire technology between the years 2009 and 2016 was just fascinating and really wanted just to step in and help parents from there. So, yeah, it's been amazing. And then doing a lot of work on the legislative side to try to make the laws better, too. But that's a whole different conversation. But it really has been satisfying to watch the Lord work through um, this work to do some really great things. Well, I'm sure our, our listening audience will be able to benefit from some of the things that you have talked about today and also at your website, protectyoungeyes.com. Uh, we are out of time. Our guest today has been Chris McKenna, founder of Protect Young Eyes. Thanks so much, Chris, for being our guest today. Thank you, Bridget. Thank you, Jim. Take care. You've been listening to Faith in Action the program that looks at how ordinary people are putting their faith into action in their everyday lives. Faith in Action is produced by Catholic Radio Indy. This program and all Faith in Action programs can be heard or downloaded as podcasts from catholicradioindy.org. If you have a comment or suggestion for guests or topics for the program, please contact Bridget, that's B-R-I, 
G-I-D, Bridget at CatholicRadioND.org or call us at 317-870-8400. This program has been pre-recorded.